This week, I enjoyed a super conscious conversation with Alison Jared, founder of the Conscious Unity Foundation and co-creator of Damaher in Australia. Alison shares her current view on the world through the lens of 30 years of dedicated study of esoteric knowledge and practice for the purpose of assisting the evolutionary shift towards unity consciousness. Alison puts forward that we are currently being forced to go within ourselves as we are entering a collective dark night of the soul that will open us up further to connecting and processing the energy that surrounds us. While this conversation is far ranging, covering so many fascinating perceptions and explanations, it also serves as a safe space for others to recognize and legitimize many of the unseen or not so normal experiences that are happening to so many of us right now, but of which we simply don't talk about for fear of ridicule. This isn't just about sitting on the edges offering quasi-sage advice. As you'll find further in the conversation, Alison and the people she practices with have a mission and a very practical and forward-thinking approach towards the use of this knowledge to bring about change in the world on an energetic level. For the listener, you can feel Alison's wealth of experience as she clearly and articulately explains many of the unseen forces that many of us are experiencing currently. So enjoy, Alison. Hello and welcome back to WA Real. I'm your host, Bryn Edwards. WA Real brings you real conscious conversations here in Western Australia. And why is that? So you can explore your own consciousness, your own truth, and see where that takes you. Today's my guest is Alison Jarrett. Alison, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Bryn. Really nice, nice to be here on this podcast. Indeed. So um, just to give the listener a brief introduction before I start asking your first question. So you've spent 30 years exploring esoteric and mystery schools and and really out there seeing where, you know, leading edge of consciousness and, and, sure. and things like that. So with that in mind, and we're going to get more into that in a bit, how do you make sense of what's been going on? Or whether sense is the word, or how do you feel your way through? What's been going on in, in, in an interesting period of time since, let's say, you know, sort of December time? Oh, since December at the end of last year? Yes. Wow, well, we're in an interesting period of time. I'm actually really excited to be in this period of time because I've seen it or felt it approaching for a long time. And it's like... I think many of us deep down have felt that something's got to happen at some point. Yes, I do. I think many of us have had a feeling that, uh, you know, we were here for a reason. You know, why was I born into this time? Because this is such such a special time. You know, we have been... Uh, most people were cognizant of the, you know, the big shift that was talked about at uh, the twenty one twelve. Yes. And the end of the and calendar. Exactly. And like you know, that. was life going to end? You know, what yeah. was going to happen? But I feel the significance of what we're experiencing now can probably be best explained by by understanding what that meant, mm. because when you get, you know, the Mayans <clears throat> are wonderful counters of, of time, you know, it's one of, one of the things that they're really known for. And in making sense of this whole thing of the big clocks, you know, there's, you know, solar cycles, uh, you know, that we were moving also from into the age of Aquarius, you know, what did this mean? You know, every yeah. age shifts in at, you know, a bit over 200 and uh, 2,500 years or so. And, and then there was 
cycles on a, a bigger level that you know go for like 27,000 years and there's even bigger cycles which are like 360,000 years and and the significance of that time is all of these came to tick over. Yes. So in terms of time, which we find ourselves in, that... I love that, which we find <laughs> ourselves in. <laughs> that this was a... This created a big fluidity because mm. when you are in a point of change, there's always flux because, you know, you're changing to a cycle. We know even within ourselves when we change cycles, often we get that period of transition because obviously you have to let go of what's been in yes. order to move into what is. Yes. So we're doing this as a very big collective and I feel mm. not even just here on Earth. Obviously, there are many other cycles coming into play. And when you get all those cycles lining up, there is this sense that, you know, right at the core of what sits in the base of all of those cycles, which we find ourselves, there's a big flux of energy that mm. moves through in order to disengage everyone from where they were, in order to re-engage them at the next level. You know, this is a kind of a natural death-rebirth cycle that we all experience in small ways and big ways. Yes. So this is kind of like a massive consciousness shift of that type of cycle. And so why? You know, why, why are we Just here? Just before why, yeah. you mentioned like a shift of energy. Yes. Right. What is that energy? Ah, that's an interesting question. Should, do you think we should answer the why question first or the energy oh, question We first? can go where it, where it goes. Like, it, it, it is a very interesting question. Yes. Because uh, in, in my personal belief and in, in the work that um, has been in these long years of, of navigating things, um, we have this thing that we call the grail. Yes. That sits in our consciousness. Right. And there is this sense that on this planet, we have experienced grail energy um, onsetting in certain periods of time. The last kind of very uh, known one is like the, the whole thing of the silver chalice and the holy grail yes. and that whole quest and all that kind of thing. King Arthur. Yeah, all of that. <laughs> Uh, but it's like, what, what is grail energy? Mm. And to me, grail energy is kind of like that, that energy that streams as a flux from source to promote life, right. to, to promote growth. Yes. And it's a, it's a consciousness energy, you know, and there's much legend about that now we are in the time of the sixth grail. Yes. It's on setting. And mm. there's many people around the, the world yeah. Um, that are in different, you know, esoteric traditions, etc. That are very interested right now in this energy that has fluxed through with this big alignment, and they're talking uh, in terms of this sixth appearance of the Grail. And like, mm. there's there's great legends, uh, like you know, the this magical tree at the time of the harmonic convergence, how this energy came down the serpent down the line mm. of in into South. Um, South Africa hit this tree that's in Mexico. This tree held within its roots the dimensional connection to the green emerald force, which was the grail energy. Yes. And that if there were enough people in harmonic convergence, it could shower this green emerald grail energy into wow. the hearts of all people. So this was a big um, prophecy, which actually outplayed because the harmonic convergence was actually the first real collective conscious movement of people, the first unity consciousness indicator mm. of a shift that happened for humanity. And many things outplayed after that, which moved this whole unity consciousness feeling that people have. Mm. 
And the other legend of this new grail energy um, was that this time we would experience it from within. And there are others that talk about uh, we will access this new energy. Some people say we'll access it through sickness because sickness has a mechanism of disconnecting us more from that outer world so much and going, actually, that's not so important. The fact that I'm not well is actually what's getting all my attention. So it forces and it, you it in. It forces you in. Yes. That's right. To actually start communicating mm. with all of this juice that's inside us. And that because until we can unify our inner field, how do we unify with all the other parts? And that the, the impetus of this juice, this grail energy, is to bring forward this next wave of evolution for unity consciousness, is, is some of the theory behind it. Mm. So why is it significant? Back to that question. So, yeah, okay, we, we're saying, wow, okay, there's been this big onset, you know, prior to the 2012, there was that big harmonic convergence which happened um, in the, the late 1900s. And then we, uh, yeah, so we're in this time. So we're in this flux period where things are reforming. Uh, you know, even probably even the timeline of our life, you know, as collectively we're all you know, moving in a particular direction. Mm. Uh, there were some say that the direction that we were moving in wasn't actually particularly useful. We were, we were actually de-evolving, not evolving here. Sort of previously. Yes, yeah. yes. And that this flux has allowed a reset. So uh, being able to we're let go. right now. Yes, that's right. We, a, a let go <coughs> of where we were going previously and then an opportunity with this influx of lift and um, you know, heart centering that this is causing and all this kind of stuff to take us into, yeah, moving to a next level of evolution where we, 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 you know, we've experienced our, our separation, which you know, I, I trust always all is well. I trust always the journey that we're having is, is the right journey. And you know, separation serves to help us to know ourselves because actually when we're mm. separated from everything, you know, we, we actually have to feel ourselves. When we're totally connected with everything, it's very hard to feel yourself. Yeah. And, and even, you know, I've been playing with this recently because I had a big, I had a few epiphanies recently about my propensity for judging yeah. others. Yeah. And for a period of time, I was beating myself up about it because I was thinking, oh, I'm a right judgy wanker at times. And, but then I've gone back to loving it because that judgment is part of the comparison and the contrast. Mm. And without the comparison and the contrast, we wouldn't be able to enjoy the beauty of the tree outside or... <laughs> or the sky or you know the blue sky versus the oh it's a cloudy sky yeah. and and without that and so yeah this separation mm. at times it can be so very lonely but then it's very necessary yeah and and interestingly only just before we were talking about you know the the third the third set of seven in people's lives mm. where you, you start you know when you go from the age of 14 to 21 you start to disconnect and then I've done quite a bit of work on myself and in the podcast, listening to people who then you know, get to the apex of the individual, the power of the individual self, mm. around around 30, you know, 35, 42. And that's mm. when you think you're, you, you defined yourself and identified yourself as this and not that, mm. but you're both. Yes. And then your shadow comes in to say hello. Yes. And your landmass of your identity just starts to double, yes. even if you don't like it. Yes. Um, yeah. So, do you think that collectively we're sort of 
almost, dare I say, at that midlife crisis in life. Because that's why Yeah, it, it's almost yeah. like a collective dark night of the soul. Yes. So, you know, in, in, in our growth forge, you know, when we talk about, uh, well, when I talk about the, the unity consciousness, when I talk mm. about this, this feeling that, okay, we're really meant to be experiencing ourselves as a much more interconnected being yes. than typically our, our everyday experience of ourselves is. So what is that interconnection? Yeah. And where do we interconnect? And my feeling in it is that this is, this is a soul level thing. Because in our, to me, you know, look at yourself, okay, you know, here I am body, but I'm also soul and I'm also spirit. These are three levels in one. Mm. And that the soul level incarnates from a, a soul pool, you know, this big oversoul or monad mm. groups, you know, we have understanding that um, at, a, at another level, we're, we're part of a much bigger collective, which is almost like the, the race mind of human consciousness, if you want to put it in that description. And... So at that level, we actually experience ourselves as part of a whole. And mm. then we, we come to have our, you know, our soul contract, our mission as part of our expression here um, to learn and grow and all of those good things. But something in us remembers that we have this group connection. Yeah. And, and that, we feel it. Yeah, we do. In those moments of, of, of you know, when, when we're brought together. Yeah. Now, anybody who's been to... Yeah, I've always been to like Optus Stadium to go and yeah. watch watch a game game of footy when yeah. when the Eagles and Dockers win, yeah. or or you go and watch um, a concert yeah. that's really good, and you just oh, everyone's connected. Yeah, yeah. and it's you can all feel flows it. through you. Yes. Or you know when your team wins, when you when your band plays, when and everybody else who likes that is there and they're loving it and feeling it at the same time. Yeah. It, and it's it's indescribable. It is. And we get this feeling of harmonic that just flows through, you know, it yeah. hits a resonance key. It's, a, it's like the perfect sound that, that plays yeah. for our soul collective. And, yeah. and we all just go, hum, you know, we, we all vibrate mm. together. <laughs> and we go, yeah, you know, that feels so good when we get yeah. that. And, and you have to turn around and look at the guy that you've never met before and just look in his eyes and go, he, he, I'm he, with you. he or she, <laughs> we're all, yeah. I'm with you, yes. we're all in it. Yes. And we're feeling it. Exactly. And so if we're shifting consciousness, you know, if we're being impulsed for change because of this time of shifting, mm. then it makes sense that in both the, the releasing of an old construct in order to be able to arise into a new construct, we have to be able to experience both the light and shadow of the whole construct. Yeah. So it's a, to me, it's a bit like we're doing collective dark night of the soul mm. because we have to observe and integrate and at least question or, or develop awareness mm. of things that are, you know, are sitting in that collective soul that are ready to be let go of, shifted, changed, transmuted, whatever you, you know, mm. 
and because we have to see those parts as well as seeing what's working because only out of the balance of that awareness because just like you said we're on a polarity kind of planet you know or a gemini planet it's got a definitely got a two thing going you know, light yeah, yeah, dark yeah. all the rest of it which gives us the ability to be able to navigate because until you know both ends how do you choose how do you make a choice yeah, of yeah. Anything? you have to be able to see the playing field yeah but we're moving until you put your finger on the fire exactly and burn, realize that's not cool <laughs> okay yeah you know we, we, we learn <laughs> doing that we learn through life we learn through our experience and i think what's exciting at the moment is we're getting this feeling of learning through collective experience mm. we're starting to to actually feel feel each other in this bigger movement. And that's why I think, you know, even this current time that we've journeyed through this, the, the COVID-19, you know, pandemic aspect, has, it's almost like it's another symptom of this mm. because it's something that has affected the majority of the planet. Yes. All at the same time. Irrespective of how Ex you identify. Exactly, exactly. Good, bad or otherwise. But what it's brought everyone into a same experience even though each one's having an individual experience yes. within it. So this is kind of the diversity, uh, but within the unity, which is, I believe, uh, this basis of how we're moving forward to become... That's, that's really important. Yeah. Point, I believe, to make, you know, the diversity and the unity. Yeah. Because it's not that we're all the same. It's no. not homogenization. No. 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 Um, and, and so often people... I chat to people and it, and it like, well, what do you mean we all come together? We're all one, right? Does that mean I'm the same as you? Mm -hmm. Well, yes and no in equal measures. Mm -hmm. um, yes, in the fact that, you know, we, we look and function. Yeah. If you come out a level, look and function similarly, but you're so much different to me. And it's almost, I, I find it almost like a jig, jigsaw yeah. where everyone's got their interlocking pieces. Yeah. But everyone's got a different piece of colour on them. Yes. I might have some sort of similar colourations yeah. to you, but my colourations are over here, yours are over there. That's right. And it's if we can interlock, yeah, wow. If we can interlock, then we create that harmony of a great picture. Yeah, and we need that diversity for the richness and complexity that mm. it offers. Because if each person, you know, flowers to be the best version of themselves, you know, we hear that statement, you know, how do I be the best version of myself? Well, you know, this really is a key way because all of the levels of yourself, you know, from your, your, your unique dollop of spirit to your soul mission to, to your body, which holds this, you know, huge lineage, this huge library, if you want to say, of ancestral codings, all those DNA bits that everyone's contributed to. Mm. So I want to ask you about that because okay. I've been playing with the idea of the living library at the moment. But okay. yeah, we'll come to it. All right. So, you so know, much to talk. you've got all of these parts that, you know, deliver a unique signal, which is you which, you know, we can see this through our fingerprints. You know, I find it fascinating that, you know, with so many billion people upon this planet, and yet, hello, we've all got different fingerprints. We've all yeah. got different eye prints, yeah. you know, just variations, which, again, uh, test me to that, you know, if you say that these fingerprints are like magnetic lines, if you've ever played with, you know, iron filings on a yes. magnet, you see the lines form up. You see in physics. That's know, right, exactly. Like that. That's like, wow, these little lines that form up on my hands are actually just a symptom of how I use energy. You know, it's why yeah. palm reading the thing. And that the, you know, this uniqueness, if we, if we actually fully develop, um, you know, they, they talk about, you know, say they, just, you know, as an esoteric understanding, Mm. There's always this polarity between sovereignty and unity. Yes. And that the, the trick of it is 
as we achieve sovereignty, we can achieve unity. unity. Because when I actually am fully mm. aware of the, this bubble that I am, this collective consciousness that I am, and I know it and I grow it and I develop it to be its diversity, mm. I then uh, am able to add it into the whole. You know, it's a bit like, have you seen you know, the Flower of Life um, mandala with all the interlocking circles? Yes. Okay, so to me, this is kind of like- my neck right Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> to me, it's kind of like a map of where we're going because each of us are like one of those circles, you know, developing all what we are. And then we're able to interlock it with the others, but you'll see that none of the circles are broken open. It's not like when they interlock, you know, they open and they all just become a one thing. Hmm. It's, it's lots of interlocking circles because while we maintain our uniqueness, we can add it in the whole by maintaining our sovereignty by maintaining our self-awareness, our self-responsibility, you know, being, okay, I'm looking after this bubble and I'm doing the best with my bubble I can so that I can add it into the richness and diversity that is the collective field, which is all the interlocking bubbles. Mm. And so this is this whole thing of, yes, how do I be alone and responsible for myself and how do I also offer myself to be part of the collective as well? Mm. And and yeah, it's an interesting dichotomy. How do I reconcile selfishness and selflessness yeah, all at yeah. the same time? Exactly. You know, how do I value you know my humanness and all my foibles as being part of the unique expression that I am, um, as well as acknowledging you know the, my higher desires and quests for what I want to do in life. You know, these are all in the mix, and that's what makes us such interesting humans. Do you find? Have you found more more recently? Because you've held a, you've been. As I said at the start, you know, over 30 years of being interested in esoteric, mystery, the unseen, the illogical, da, 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 whatever yes. you want Always to fascinated me. Always yes. fascinated you. Yeah. Actually, why is that? Where did that start? Oh, it's, I can feel the traces of it in all of my life. Certainly as a child, I was a, a little bit of the odd body in my family in the things mm. that I would seek out and do. But probably if I said, okay, is there a defining moment of change or of, of increasing self-awareness? It was yes. When I was about 17, um, my sister died in, a, in an accident. And what happened after that was then um, she began to come and speak to me in dreams. And it was a very right. different type of dream state. And I recognised it as very different. Mm. And quite defined. Absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely messages from the other side type of sequences. And they were all very, you know, at specific moments. Um, not like lots and lots of them, but the ones that came were really important and were very significant to moving me on my path. And it, the, the first effect of that was it brought me to a sense of there was something more. Mm. Um, and that this coal construct was a way lot bigger than I had thought. Um, also, uh, one of the things that um, she had said to me was that, you know, we were, we had soul contracted to come down here and play this together and that our biggest fear was that I wouldn't awaken and that she had contracted to come and take me through this experience so to I would wake up. You over. Right. Correct. Which wow. is in fact what happened because then that started a whole opening of, uh, yeah, looking. And, mm. and then also experiencing things, finding me and talking to me. And yeah, so yes, that was certainly a defining point. And I then 
developed a sense of I was here for a purpose. I'm here to do something. And certainly, it was you know it was basically her message to me is that you were mm. here to do something. And so you know this was our way of getting past the natural forgetting that you know, this kind of amnesia that we experience when we come in, where we go, okay, why am I here again? Uh, so yeah. it was a moment of wake up, you're here. Okay, get on with it. Yeah. And, and then that led me, yeah, into what truly has probably been an extraordinary life in many ways. Lots of things found me um, and gave me education and experiences. Not always what I was looking, that I was looking for them yeah. ever. What you want, but, but you need it. it's kind of like, yeah, you know, things would appear in, in my life and, you know, directions would open and go, wow, okay, oh, this looks interesting. And so, you know, then it's a matter of choice to step into it or not. And, but yeah, all of those steps it took me into, um, yeah, this discovery journey of mm. um, what I call, a, you know, a brilliant education in energy. And, uh, at, but even so, I, you know, I still get to points where I go, why? What, what's it for? Am I supposed to be doing something else with this? And, and so, yeah, at periods in time in my life, I, I have questioned that, and which has led me then to do things like, you know, the Conscious Unity Foundation. It was, that mm. was a, a significant point where I was like, uh, that was actually when I reached my 49th, when I hit that, because I got that seventh seven thing where, okay, question, harvest the life, and go, how do I go forward? What am I actually here to do? How do I give service from everything that's happened before? And that mm. started this whole, this next part of my mission mm. on Earth, if you want to put it that way. I was going to ask you about that in a sec. <laughs> but um, having answered the question that was couched within the question I was asking you, um, do you find, or have you found more and more recently, that more people are switched on at or opening up to discussions about unseen mystery. Yes. Things that are beyond. Totally. Here's the bunny ears norm. Yes, absolutely. I think more and more and and rapidly. And rapidly so. In, in that, you know, in observing where things were like 30 years ago like 30 years ago there were no esoteric bookshops there were no online courses there were no you know you couldn't you know whip onto facebook and go oh which one am i going to go to this weekend because there's such a amazing yeah. diversity that we have available to us now and so watching that progression um through the years and seeing what really is an acceleration and even if you just look at the last five years, I look at five years ago as a snapshot, and we have certainly accelerated forward even from then. This is this thing to me of, you know, the bell curve. You know, there is this kind of forerunner, you know, people picking up the, the impulse, but eventually it, it reaches a quantum mass. Mm. And, uh, you know, Greg Braden talks about this, the, yes. the, the 6% aspect. And that once it hits a quantum mass, then it hits a point of acceleration of bell curve. That's and I believe point. that's what we are in right now, is that we have hit the acceleration mm. point of the bell curve. That's why, yeah, you know, there's big turbulence, big change, because the whole collective field mm. is uh, fluxing, changing, you know, refining itself. And I think we're in for the most exciting ride of our life. You know, I'm so pleased to be here. I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I had this little epiphany I regularly have my sort of 1am epiphanies where I go and go, oh, yeah. And then if I'm lucky, I get to go back to sleep. Otherwise, <laughs> sometimes I get held awake for a while. <laughs> but I had one recently, it was very simple. And it was basically, Bryn, imagine what would happen to the fishes and, and, and the animals of the sea if we increased the temperature 
or change the pH value of the ocean, it would, it would cause mm. a change. That is exactly what we're doing to the ocean that you're swimming in, the ocean of consciousness. Mm. And I was like, oh. And now I didn't just logically feel that, uh, logically get that. I actually felt, felt it. I was like, oh, right. Yeah. And then by sharing that with a few people, I, you know, probably before sort of December, Christmas, December time, I felt that a lot of people would look at me and entertain me as, oh, Prince just talking about his stuff, isn't he? <laughs> and now I seem to have, uh, have even really close people around me go, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah, it's, you know, we, this whole shifting of the, the soul conscious collective, I believe, mm. is uh, creating, it's creating an openness, you know, it's creating the fields like dissolving and cracking open in order to reform with, with the, the classic um, caterpillar butterfly thing. Metamorphosis. So, yeah, so we, we're going through this metamorphosis, we're, we're, we're moving, we're, we're liquefying in some ways yes in the, the field everyone focuses on the whole idea of oh you know the butterfly really has to force his way or her way out of the cocoon because it helps pumps blood around the you know so there's always a force to get out but then this beautiful thing comes out but there's a bit before that where yeah. the caterpillar just goes to mush, mush. that's absolute exactly. mush yes and i for one and i know other people i've been interacting with have been encountering the mush, the mush yes. where I've been sitting there going, and, and I, I talked about it in a presentation yes. I did recently that I put out through the podcast where I sat there and went, I have no idea what to think, what to do, what to believe in. I have no idea who I am at the moment. Yes. And it was just, I felt like mush and I've had yes. a lot of that. Yes. And I, and I think this is being felt on a global level. Because as people's views of who they are, yeah. how they function in society, you know, just being able to go to work, you know, people that have experienced lockdown, disconnection, <coughs> all of these things, you know, I, it is liquefying what we believe about our world and society. Everything is shifting and changing. Yeah. And people are, you know, feeling this and reacting to this in different ways. You know, obviously it's bringing up a lot of fear for many people, which is, <coughs> you know, a natural response. Um, with then that choice of being able to to transform that fear into going actually it's okay you know actually maybe i can come to trust that we'll be all right that there's and and you get little light bulbs of this you get you know people that suddenly go ah oh, i've actually connected with my neighbors in a way i've i haven't mm. ever before you know or people doing these acts of kindness of you know, living leaving food parcels on elderly doorsteps and Building these bridges of connection within their locality, which I think is a really important thing. Yes. Because as we come back to experience... From that separatedness yeah, that we yeah, just talked about. That's right. Back into to just experience our interconnection just around us, because this is really the first point. And that there's lots of stories, lots of stories about this. And even if you look at, you know, if you look at podcasts and Facebook and all those, you know, there, there's still many stories of there where people are reaching out in a way they haven't done before or, mm. you know, sharing of themselves in a way that they've done mm. before. There's been, you know, a lot of people that, um, you know, have stopped, you know, because their life stopped, it gave them a moment to, to reevaluate and going, actually, how I'm doing life, is this actually how I want to go on doing life? And now that I've had a chance to stop and go, 
I actually quite like working from home. That's, you know, I, I like actually seeing my kids. And, um, and I know many people that have not gone back to, you know, even though they could, have not returned to the, the, the mode of operation that mm. was before. So there's, there's change. There's yeah. change in consciousness, change in how people are thinking. And I think this is a really good indicator of we are, you know, we're doing this collective pause, we're doing this collective mush, where mm. we're letting all these old structures kind of melt and go around. And, and typically it's messy because mush is messy. Um, but if we, can, if we can find that inner impulse, which I think this kind of brings us to, which we we're talking about before, that inner impulse of, actually there's something more emerging something and, and i'm sure you know the butterfly must have felt this impulse where well, the caterpillar went to marsh and then had, somewhere within that there was yeah. the impulse something oh. new needs to form something something transcendent to, to what was my state before before i could only crawl along the ground now i can fly you know so it, it's a significant change and i feel we're in the chrysalis mm. Mm. this is exciting and necessary, yeah. you know, um, I, I for one have almost, um, as I sort of spent such a long time being very much in my sort of mental body mm. and now opening up to my emotional body and in doing that felt a lot of pain mm, of, geez, the way we're doing life, it's just, mm. it's just painful. Mm. You know, having spent X amount of years in a court, well, 15 odd years in a corporate career where there is no space for emotions. Yeah. And, and that, and it's just like, wow, it's just so painful to just cut all that off. And now it's like, oh, and it, sometimes I almost feel like I'm feeling the pain of the planet yes. as well. And I think many people reflect that. Mm. And, <coughs> and I think there's truth. In that, you know, again, this comes back to the collective dark night of the soul, because um, the soul is very connected to the heart intelligence. Our mm. access through the soul, in in how I understand it, um, comes th through heart coherence. When we reach that stage of where we are, you know, th that harmonic is happening inside us. But particularly, you know, you've got this harmony of mind and heart. It's not one or the other. It, it's mm. actually where there's actually a, a meeting which creates a coherent state within us. Um, they talk about this as being the activator of the, the higher sensory perception, which is available through the soul. And people, you know, often an imagery of it is that we, we open these wings, these energetic wings at the back of our heart when the soul body becomes active when we are integrating it with our physicality, with our mind and our emotions. Wow. And when we hit that point and this big radar dish, because that's kind of what it is, opens, you know, opening the field of the heart even wider, then we experience more of the soul energy that is being felt on the planet. Now, typically whenever, even personally, when we first open the field of the heart, we will process the, the pain that's sitting there because typically why we haven't accessed the field of the heart is because we haven't wanted to go there. 
you know, we've stayed in the mind because you know all of those emotions we've shoved down going I don't want to deal with that don't want to deal with that you know they all sit within that yeah. heart intelligent field and, and so and when really we open the cupboard we go oh my goodness really good you know. at compartmentalization yeah exactly so so you know we might experience our own personal dark night of the soul while we work through all that morass and actually you know find a way to update it integrate it into our into our field to love and accept it and you know all of those kind of things now if as a collective, more of us are opening this field, this heart field, which I believe we are, that then we're all opening these big radar dish collective wings, which then process the field of the soul, the collective field of the soul. And in the same way, there's a lot of pain and suffering that has happened through to humanity for a mm. long period of time that sits in that field. And so it has to be processed because that's the only way that we can transmute energy. We, we, we are amazing vessels of transformation and we take energy in, we are, you know, we, we are able to, to recode the energetic of it in, and then pass it back out again. You know, we are these, these amazing processing forms, which is evident because we process everything else. You know, we, we process food, we process water, we process air. You know, we, we, we're constantly processing mm. energetic fields. So of course we mm. process energy and as a collective, you know, we're processing, I believe, this bigger field, the collective, the, what people call the collective consciousness, which to me is like that oversoul field. So we're transmuting it, we're processing yes, it. Yes, yes. And so... From what into what? So we, in order to be... So just like on a personal journey, hmm. when you open to your own pain and suffering, which has come from your experiences, yeah, and to the emotional responses hmm. that are an energy signature. You know, all, all thoughts and emotion leave an energy signature within your aura. So if you can imagine the collective process of humanity has left an energy signature like in the aura of this planet. Yeah. And so as the, this soul energy is a planetary energy, it's not a cosmic energy. Yeah. It's to do with this planet. It's to do with us being sentient beings coming, you know, reincarnating here. And so as we open to um, being able to feel this field, because you, you typically can feel the field when your soul body is open. So when you've mm. got kind of like these, this heart energy sorted and you're opening to a bigger field. And so you are feeling the residue of all of the, the pain, the lower vibrations that are in that field. Mm. What are we doing? We are processing lower vibration in order to move it into a higher vibration because this is evolution yeah, and we naturally yes. do this anyway. We do it for ourselves. And I think we're doing it collectively for the planet because this, we, in order to evolve the planet, which yeah. we are part of, then we have to clean up the muck, you know. It's like mm. when, we, when we awaken in ourselves, what do we do? We actually have to go through and start sorting out all the messy parts and, yeah. and face ourselves and go, oh, mm. actually, that's not really good. You know, maybe I could change how I do that or change how I think about that. Because I've had that epiphany. Exactly. So we come to the end of the story. Yes, yes, yes. The ending. And so, and yes, changing consciousness. I suppose it's easy, it's easy to call it the muck. Yes. Right, it's easy to call it the muck, but at the same time, you didn't know what you didn't know at that point in time. Exactly. And the muck's so important. Just, yeah. 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 And so it, you know, I'm not trying to tidy this conversation up for the sake of tidying it up, but sometimes it's very easy when you have an epiphany about your behavior 
I find or something to then go, oh, the muck just looks that mucky. I'm now feeling shame and guilt and embarrassment, so I'm not going to go near it. But it's like, well, you didn't know what you didn't know of at course. the point in time. Yes. You didn't realise that you were, you realised that inadvertently, you know, chucking stuff out the window while you're driving down the car was going to lead to a big collection of yeah. shit on the side of the road. <laughs> That's right. And now it's all of a sudden, oh, yeah, now I get it. Because yes. one day you see, oh, that, you know, you have a puncture and you realise there's a lot of shit by the side of the road. That's right. Well, you know, it, which brings us to how do we process it? How do, how do we process that muck? You know, the first thing is awareness where we can, mm. we, we see it. And yeah, that's typically when you go, oh my goodness. Yeah, that, you know, and, yeah. and typically, yes, we do get those feelings of shame, guilt and going, oh, this is, you know, where was I in myself when I did this? And, but, you know, it's then, what do we do next? So we meet some aspect of forgiveness. We, we meet some aspect of acceptance from going, okay, that was where I was then, doing the best that I could with yep. whatever I have, and, and now I'm here. Yep. And now I can go, all right, in my humanness, that was my outplay, and now in my humanness, I, I have a different perception, so I can choose to think about it differently. Importantly, um, the forgiveness and acceptance is such an important part of this, because mm. only in that can I, can I set myself free to actually uh, move or act from a new platform now because if i continue to hold that baggage then i limit myself moving forward because of going oh you know before i always got it wrong so i'm probably going to get it wrong again now whereas if we go actually that was me then now i can see myself i've come to a level of self-awareness and i'm choosing to take self-responsibility for my actions in how i go forward and i don't have to act like that i don't have to make those same decisions i can actually use them um, as the basis of why I've grown, because without that stuff, how would I know? You know, it's a bit like you know the dark and the light. With, if you don't know the dark, how do you find the light? Yes. How do you have a comparison? You go, okay, I know how that felt. Do I want to feel that again? No. How can I change it? Well, I can change how I think about it. I can change how I feel about it. I can change the actions that I make when I'm in those situations. And this is our method of change. Yeah. And so again, you know, this is the journey that we do personally. Mm. So, you know. The muck is an important basis to is our growth. You know, it, it's it's what we get to play with as humans to yes. be able, to be able to work out how to go next. As they <coughs> say, unless you unless you know what you don't want, it's very hard to know what you do. Yes, because that's how we refine what we choose. Hmm. And so we're also doing that on an energetic level. Yes, I think we're doing it on a big level. Yeah, mm. and if you think it. I've, I've started to switch on to this idea of just, just with the analogy of chucking litter out the window without realising it. You chuck litter out of your mouth and you chuck shit about, <laughs> about other people. Yeah. But also when you sit there with just emanating energy. Yes. And so collectively I like this idea of, you know, bringing it through, yes. trend, processing, processing, yes. processing. That's right, and you will process the part of it that you're most in resonance with, mm. because that's how energy works. It always, you know, the law of attraction is alive and well, and mm. the bits that we have played in the human story and that we hold within our, our bodies, either from our own experience or, or possibly, you know, it's, it could be in this DNA library that, you know, you, where it sits within your ancestral lineage that have been part of this experience. Mm. Then you have the opportunity of yeah, transmuting that energy. You know, we are a fabulous, 
processes of energy and that's the, the benefit of being spirit in a human form, in a physical form, because in the physical plane, this is where we get the chance to, to grow and change. When we're simply an energy consciousness, then it's, um, it doesn't grow and change. It, you know, it is as it is. It has to go into some kind of processing situation in order to be able to add more, you know, it's, it's like our bodies, you know, we, we eat and it adds more yes. um, to our bodies and we grow. And, uh, and so we do the same on an energetic level, you know, mm. so we, we come into these bodies to journey here so that we can actually change the energetic field of our construct, you know, and science tells us this is so. If you look at, um, you know, the work um, of the, the geneticists now that are looking at, um, you know, the whole thing that once they thought, you know, DNA was a very fixed thing. Yes. Um, but now with epigenetics, they're going, mm. wow, on, it's changing. It yeah, it can change and, mm. and morph and uh, you <coughs> can change your field by your thoughts. And, you know, there's a lot of study on this. And so everything's much more fluid than perhaps we really thought about before. Mm. And we're starting to come into an appreciation that, you know, what we think matters, uh, truly, in the physical, and that as we take more responsibility for what we think and more awareness where we're checking in, actually, was that a useful thought? You know, if the preponderance of my day is always thinking about this, what am I actually attracting or creating? And is it yeah. appearing in my life? You know, there's lots of people that um, have written about this and it's lovely podcasts of, you know, Bruce Lipton is a wonderful yes. guy to listen to about this. He's, he speaks very <coughs> beautifully. And what are you the, projecting? What are you attracting? Yes, all of that. And, you know, and he has a science that he backs it up with going, okay, they can actually see it. They can actually perceive it scientifically, uh, the result of these kind of experiments. It's, uh, I love that we you know we're, we're a point where, you know, science and spirituality are kind of overlapping and they're yes. finding now the, the science of, you know, what previously has been the field of belief um, merging and <coughs> going, wow, they, you know, we're, we are so much more. Mm. Talking about so much more. So, here's something that's been resonating with me. And often, I'll be clear, in the podcast, often I, I keep things at a very general level for everybody who's listening and da-da-da-da-da. But here's something that's been coming up for me recently is that, so I'm becoming aware of so many different things and it's difficult to almost reconcile in that <clears throat> so I'm aware now that I, ha uh, I have a physical body, a mental body, an emotional body, um, potentially out there as well is a spiritual light body. I'm now becoming aware that I am very connected to the planet. I'm starting to spend so much time with trees. I live in Bicton, so I'm spending a lot of time in Blackwall Reach, mm -hmm. just cruising along, seeing those trees, walking in amongst them, Marveling at, I've suddenly drive along a road and go, oh wow, look at the size of that guy. And all of a sudden, so I'm switching on to that. Mm. Um, I am becoming aware of um, that in between the space between you and I, that there's a whole lot more going on. Mm. I'm becoming aware that, um, that there are different there are different perceptions of looking at things and that could be almost related to different dimensions mm. um, and, and what 
and, and I have these sort of glimpses of sometimes things make sense that don't wouldn't normally or sense sounds very mental but they just sort of mm. click and there's a truth to them like a knowing a knowing mm. yes so I'm always going out the back of belief and into knowing mm. and I can sit, so there's different dimensions at the same time as I'm feeling very connected to the earth and, and trees etc I'm also spending a lot of time looking at the stars mm-hmm. and now I'm finding myself almost going okay well if you're up there come down and have a chat <laughs> right yes and 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 the concept of of us just not being the only people in in the gut is just mentally mm. it always made sense this moment, but now physically it's mm. it's embodying it and the and so there's all these things coming on at different levels and it's just difficult to reconcile. Yes, and because they all have like um, a mental framework around them which makes sense but then it's like okay yeah so I am connected to the earth and therefore the trees trees have got roots I feel like I've got roots and the trees are going up and there and and I understand you know the relationship because I breathe out co2 they need the co2 along with water to transmute that to make starch so they can grow and and they have too much oxygen so they chuck it out and guess what I breathe it and then I turn it into co2 and then they take so that their starch my oxygen and so you know and they've all there's this great owl like wiseness around trees and yet then i'm also looking at the stars and then i'm aware of different energies and i'm aware of different dimensions and perspectives they all individually to me can make sense and reconcile and st- but but collectively it's like Phew. can yeah. you help me with that no i think you know this and is- potentially other people who might be doing that I think this is a, an experience of what we understand as the collective consciousness within ourselves. Mm. You know, one of my you know, teachers in the past said that you know we have many lives within, and we have many parts of self, both energetic and physical, mm. that uh, that have different intelligence. And indeed, have different frequency, you know. And again, you can have proof of this, um, you know, within Chinese medicine. Um, I once experienced uh, working with a woman who had these tuning forks for all of these different parts of the body, and uh, she was sensing that it was she was actually working with my son, who's um, who was feeling unwell, and she was like, "Oh, his liver is really hot." And so she gets out this big box and goes, okay, this is the, the frequency of healthy liver. Yeah. And so if I ring this and pass it over his liver, initially you'll hear the sound go, ooh, but she said, if I keep doing this, eventually it goes, ooh, and then feel it, and it was cool, the heat had gone, because it had come back into its pitch resonance. Wow. Now, this is an idea that we have within our field a huge diversity of frequencies and resonances and we know this is the truth because Mm. science can show it and each of these fields of resonance are like an intelligence in themselves because if you think Mm. if you think of law of attraction for a start yeah um, and we know that things that have a particular vibration can vibrate with something else that has the same vibration and again they can even show that with tuning forks you know they hit a note c on one tuning fork they can hold up the other c of a tuning fork without hitting it and they'll both ring Mm. you know you can do the same with guitar strings with guitars but 
And the ancients used to talk about how, you know, even like our major organs, they have a resonance which talks to the other planets in the solar system because we are a fractal for the solar system within our body. We have mm. parts of us that resonate with all these parts. So what I'm saying is that we have all of these intelligences that have their own ability to connect to other parts of this interconnected universe, star systems, planet, trees, everything, I believe. It's all in us. Mm. And as we come to know ourselves more, we start to explore some of these different frequencies inside us. And because I believe our consciousness is not fixed in our head. No. Yeah. Our consciousness is a field and our awareness of consciousness can move within our field. So it's like that spotlight. Yeah. That you was, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was before. So, so a spotlight in a, in a, in a dark warehouse. Yeah, that's right. All we this did. stuff's going on. That's right. And no one's going to switch the light on in the whole warehouse. <laughs> just be like, oh. Yeah. And so as we begin, you know, to, to know ourselves, which I, which I believe is really the purpose for, our, for us all. You know, why be here doing life? We're, we're here to grow and to know, um, to experience ourselves as this part of creation. And so we're at a point where we're going, oh, there's more inside this field than I thought, you know. And then we, we start experiencing going, oh, this bit, you know, it, it gives me connection to this or gives me awareness of this and it gives me an impulse to do this. And then, and then we start to move to another bit and go, oh, there's this bit. And I, I think the journey of it is, again, you know, if we're, if we're moving forward in a unity consciousness kind of way, then the first field to unify, of course, is our own. And it's to actually get all these parts to talk and to share and to, to bring the field into a cohesion where all of that is online all the time. Yes. And I think this is, you know, when we, the experience of ascension perhaps, you know, where we, we, we suddenly have this complete awareness of ourself. But, you know, we're, we're in a movement of evolution. And so I think we're at a time where we're becoming more aware of bits and pieces of this starting to light up and turn on mm. and initially it can feel quite like disorientated yes because we? it's like well am i this or am i that yeah. or, you know, and it feels like all of these but gradually um as we come to to know those parts of ourselves and you know accept them and go okay this is just another part of me uh, that you know this sense of being able to breathe all those parts in and go this is the diverse expression of my unity. Back to the whole diversity and unity model. We are diversity and unity. Hmm. You know, we are diversity trying to come into unity for sure. And experiencing the incredible you know, uh, range of vibration that we have within us. And I think this is the extraordinary future ability of the human as they learn to more specifically dial in to these frequencies in order to choose connection to those things because as we come to know those th those channels of frequency mm. we can go actually you know I want to talk to the trees all right I find that part of myself that inherently feels the vibration of the trees that comes as a match to the, the consciousness or the vibration of the tree energy and um, as I come into the feeling of it go ah, now I can feel the tree now we can actually exchange and I and, and I get this uh, and, you know, and many people have probably experienced it, you know, where they've been in nature or a place and mm. they've, they've naturally come into a point where they go, wow, 
I can feel everything around me. I can feel the, the richness of the nature around me. And it's suddenly it's like, wow, I, I see the dewdrop on the leaf. I see the, you know, and, and that experience just changes because they've come into a frequency that can match that and mm. where each can talk to them and influence them. And indeed, where you can influence it because there's a time you've moved into a vibration for exchange. But I think we... So it's almost like a process of, yeah, yeah. awareness dropping in, yes. allow it, but then actively participating. Yes, because, yes. you know, initially there's awareness where, where we learn the way of it, and eventually that shifts up where then we can choose it. Mm. Yeah, but initially, you know, you've got to start somewhere. Initially, you've got to find the tuning, the tuning in yourself. So as, as my last question, and one of the things I said would indicate this is almost like popping for people individually. Yeah. And it can leave you feeling quite disorientated, yes. second guessing yourself, yes. conventionally wondering when you're going a bit nuts. Absolutely, yes. So is that what you do here with the Unity Conscious Foundation and the links to Damaher, which we'll come to in a sec? Sure. Is that what you do here, hold space to help people with that transition? Absolutely, yes. That is the, the desire behind you know, that particular part of the mission, is to, to create a space where people are experiencing these symptoms and going, what on earth is going on? Am I going crazy? And to be able to, just like in this conversation, go, it's okay. This, this could be another way of perceiving what you're going through. Mm -hmm. Because in how we perceive ourselves, you know, this creates our reality. And the, that perception of actually, here I am actually just learning and experiencing different parts of myself. This perception is a more settling perception and a more useful one mm. than going, oh my goodness, let me reject all that. I, you know, close those doors. I don't want to feel those parts because then we're, mm. we're actually just increasing our inner separation. Whereas if, we, if you can assist people to go, it's okay, actually listen to those parts of yourself and, and learn those parts of yourself and because that journey will help you to integrate those parts of yourself and then you'll mm. have more connection within yourself and also within all others. And that's... Um, and, and so people, I think, you know, this is the benefit of community. Community that can bring uh, support and encourage people to, to make this inner growth, to make mm. this inner change. Makes sense. And, and go, it's okay, because, you know, often it has lots of symptoms, like you're saying, you know, another big symptom can actually be a feeling of loneliness. One of the things as we move into a more sovereign state where we're letting go of attachments outside of ourselves is that it can bring a, an overwhelming feeling of being to really lonely. I'm now disconnected from everything. But in truth, what has happened is that you actually are letting go of your attachments where you've been feeding off others or giving away energy. And suddenly that disconnection brings a feeling of loneliness, but it's actually an indicator of moving into sovereignty, which mm. is actually a positive thing. So again, it, it's finding places where... And the Conscious Unity Foundation was exactly that, to provide to circles and places where people can um, talk about what their experience and get other information about the, you know, what actually esoterically, if you want to put it, or energetically, is another description that could describe what's going on, mm. uh, to bring ease in their way of thinking and to encourage them towards the strategies and practices that will actually take them beyond that into a, 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 you know, a more sovereign, um, empowered state.
Because I find that <clears throat> sometimes there isn't, certainly in my journey, sometimes there hasn't been the words or the framework or the, the semantics or whatever it is to describe and get hold of what necessarily is going on. And yet when something comes to me and obviously things like the podcast, but I've always had a bent for holding a bit of a space for a discussion mm. that might just be a bit beyond, mm. then all of a sudden you provide this space, safe space for people to go, oh yeah, that's a bit like what I am. And then mm. all of a sudden these, these great bit nuggets of gold and stories and things seem to drop out of other people yeah. and it all seems to be all right to talk yes. about it. Exactly. You know, a couple of months ago, I had probably seven people in two, two or three weeks say to me, oh my God, you're about the second person in the world I can talk to about this. Yeah. And my response was, and you are now the fifth or sixth or seventh <laughs> person in the last two yeah. weeks yeah. who said that, yeah. which yeah. is bonkers. Yes. And like, this is the magic, like uh, uh, we've been holding uh, women's and men's circles for you know, a long period of time. Mm. And what I, what I most love about the circles is always there's a, you know, a sharing time where people get to speak about you know, what's going on, you know, how are they navigating? And always within that circle, you know, people will say the very thing that this person over here needed here going, wow, I'm actually facing that. And that's, yeah. a, that's a really good strategy that you're using that I haven't thought about. Because, and the other thing is that then you find, you know, four or five different people are all having the same thing. Mm. And we're going, wow, maybe it's not always so personal. Maybe, yes. maybe we are collectively navigating something. And, and that has a kind of a, takes the weight off your shoulders and going, all right, I'm not it's alone not just in me. this. It's not just me. It's not just me. You know, there, there are others that are actually playing this as well. And it's like, so, you know, I feel a sense of camaraderie for a start that I'm not the only one doing this. And it always mm. feels good to have someone else join you in trouble. You know, it's, you go, okay, we're, we're banded in this together. And, and then, of course, everyone has wisdom. Everyone has wisdom from their journey. And this sharing of wisdom, because you know, it's people are so unique, and not everyone does it in the same way. And mm. that's absolutely my observation of uh, observing humans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're we're such a dichotomy, which is wonderful. That, that back to the diversity. And so you know, that person may have just the way of explaining something, or uh, that this person goes, "Oh yeah, I get it." because there's something that's more in resonance between them. And mm. um, I've seen that magic unfold over and over again, and I love it. I, that's why I love um, this opportunity of going in community. There's a strength in the unity, and there's a support, and it makes the journey easier because you feel companioned. Mm. And I think we have this inner sense, like, yes, while we're you know, growing ourselves, it's much easier when we, we grow with others. I, it, it just makes the, the journey a little bit more easier because you feel, yeah, I think mm. intrinsically we, we enjoy feeling companioned and that there's others of like mind that understand where we're at and uh, yeah. Mm. So. I guess that helps to settle, make sense, yeah. share. Yeah. How does it then go to actively participate. That's right. And so, you know, and that's always the next step. We start with awareness. Mm. And to actually know 
something uh, gives us a gives us a greater possibility of choosing an action that matches it. Mm. Now we don't always, of course, and sometimes, and <coughs> that's fine. But typically, you know, life's I believe you know very intelligent construct, and so you know we may meet an experience where we we might have gained some awareness of something, uh, but we chose not to change, and so we'll go around again. But you can you can just guarantee they'll, the cycle will come <laughs> round again, and yep. you might have some new players, yep. but you'll have the same experience again. Might be a bit stronger. That's right, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you get another chance to have a look at that and to to choose. You know, we <coughs> have free will, mm. and we can go around the same cycle as many times as we like. Um, typically, the the pain threshold rises because pain is a wonderful mechanism to get our attention. You know, you kick your toe, you'll, you'll notice your toe. Um, pain in any part of our body is a mechanism to get our attention. And so when it becomes painful enough where it absolutely has your attention, you're more likely to make a new action. I had a wonderful teaching uh, which was called, the, you know, the feather, the brick and the trunk. And that, you know, when that first little lesson comes along and you've had the experience and it's going, maybe you could change, this is like the feather, this is the suggestion yeah. of change. The next time and it goes around, you know, you, you get hit with the brick and it's more painful and gets bigger attention. And you're going, okay, you could choose to change. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, your vet comes around and then uh, there's the truck. And typically the truck takes you out for a period yeah. of time where you get a long time to actually contemplate <laughs> that change in a real way and go, actually, you must change. And it may force you to change and typically very painful. And for yeah. many years, you know, I had a little inscription on my toilet wall which said, feel the feather. Which, Love it. So that uh, respond when it shows you the first time and it's much less painful. My great grandmother used to have a phrase well, it was just a, a different use of the w verb learn. She would, sometimes it would be, she said, that learnt you. <laughs> As in, yeah. you didn't, yeah. you weren't doing the active, yeah. you were being passive <laughs> in yeah. this thing. Yeah. And that sounds very much like the truck. Yes, yes. That learnt you good and proper. That's right. It, it took you out, so, you know, typically you end up in bed or somewhere like that where you really have to stop. And I love that. The feather, the brick and the truck. Mm. I'm going to remember that. Yeah. So, tell me about... Um, the recent link with Damaha. Yeah, to me... Because that's super fascinating. It is, in, and certainly super fascinating for me, which is where I became interested. Mm. Uh, so for, you know, for a long period of time, uh, been very interested in the, the growth <coughs> of community. Yeah. To me, growth of community, which is what had led us to you know, creating the circles and meditations and various things that we did for many, many years. Um, had grown out of that going, well, you know, the way forward is to build relationship with, with people so that, again, what, just what we talked about, this support, this interconnection, this collective growth, we can always grow faster when we have others growing with us because mm. they encourage us and support us and you know, we share information, you learn more stuff off one another and you know, that, all those good things. Uh, and you know, energetically, um, uh, through uh, meditation type um, fields, I was pursuing a lot of uh, research and experimentation on how do you create a unified field of consciousness? Mm. Because with the understanding that if we, we can kind of well, like it, join our energy. In, in a 
in a localised yes, way? Yes, yes. Not right. as opposed to a globalised, but yes. in a more local. In, in like a... It's a nice little bubble. Exactly. It's, it's like creating <coughs> like a, a sacred geometry construct of energy is typically wow. how I talk, think about it. I'm a, I'm a, I a like great... I, I, I love sacred geometry because it is a construct that is fractalised throughout the universe and it's an interesting study. Mm. And so I was experimenting with knowing that humans are, are pillars of energy. Yes. And, you know, you can feel it even, like if I look at you, you can feel there's an energy connection that happens between us. So, if you, so we can create lines of energy of connection. So if you have many people in a field, then we can, we can link up energy in particular shapes mm. or geometries, if you want to put it that way. So I guess this is now where we're going from what I was saying before. The, the acceptance to active participating. Exactly. So once you understand it, then what can I do with it? Yeah. Now... It's time to play. It, it, and players, you know, I think humans love to play and, it, and oh, discover and explore. Because, oh, again, yeah. an individual person can uh, create an energy field that can create a, a connection to, to, to more evolved systems to come and talk to them. But knowing that energy is resonance and law of attraction, then there comes a level if you want to talk to bigger things or have energy exchange with bigger consciousnesses, if you want to put it in that way, mm. then you need a bigger field, like a, almost like you build an organism, like mm. a super organism, that is able to generate enough energy and complexity to be able to communicate with it, for have it to come and visit you, if you want to put it in that way. And so I became very interested in creating these fields. Was this like a little idea that started to percolate? Well, yes, and, and, and it, it grew out of many things. It, it, mm. it, was, um, it was both an understanding mm. um, of the principles of energy and, and a, a long history of training in that. Yeah. Uh, and then taking it, bringing with it my interest in unity consciousness mm. and what that could do. So it's like an energy, probably an energy space was starting to call you to it. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think so. It, it yeah. seemed a very natural progression. We like to think we... Anyway, go on, carry on. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, this was an exploration that I did for quite some time and, and it... We had a lot of results that, that you could say, well, something definitely happened. You know, there, were, there were things that, that certainly turned up and changes that were made and, mm. and various things. And, and always I had this feeling of, okay, if, uh, you know, in a, a bit like the, the 6% of Greg Braden talking about, if there's enough people that can come together yes. in a field of higher consciousness, it can actually influence the bigger system. All right, so from that aspect as well. And I'd got to a point of experimentation where, where I really came into belief, when, wow, this works. Hmm. If we could join with more people of like mind who were very interested in assisting evolution at this high was, conscious level. And that was just here yes. on this land here. Correct. We're in Gijigana. Yeah. Um, the close to. And that's just pulling in like-minded people yes. and then just going, right, let's set an intent yes. and see what happens. Yes, yes. So, you know, to people who are willing <clears> to just play in the field, you know, holding good intention and good heart space and all those kind of things. Uh, but it, it brought me to, to two realisations. One, okay, community was really important and certainly spiritual community of like-minded people, what they mm. could achieve both in bringing service to others but also being able to help the collective direction of consciousness, you know, rise and to, to work in this field. Um, so from both a community level and an energy level. 
And I'd really got to a point, and, and indeed, I was sitting in a forest at midnight one night way down south, uh, where I had this kind of realisation. And I was sitting there going, all right, I think I've gone as far as I can with just my little circles, you know, here in Soyuz Valley. But um, I feel that, you know, I was looking back over my life, you know, having that kind of thing of reflect and, and mm. going, okay, all of this education I've had and understanding must be leading somewhere. There must be something that I'm meant to actually take this forward to. And, and so, you know, I was sort of there with the universe going, well, can you show it to me, please? Can you yeah. show me? That'd be a nice time. What, 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 I'm ready, you know? <laughs> I'm ready to take the next step and I don't know what it is. And that really, that was where I was. And then, yeah, and then it, within three months, um, very synchronically, truly, Dem and her turned up on my doorstep, and I, and I mean literally. Mm. I didn't know anything about them, and a friend had invited yeah. some people over from Dem and her, and that she picked them up off the plane, and she gave me a call and said, oh, I really feel these guys would benefit from being grounded, you know, in a good natural space. Can I bring them up to your house? And that's how I first met Dem and her. Mm. And I became very interested uh, because a lot of their philosophies aligned with my own. Like one of their big um, philosophies is this diversity in unity. And it was one of the things that was first in the conversation I had with them and went, wow, okay, there's a little catchphrase that I'd already believed in that was very much the basis of their community. Mm. Uh, and as I spoke with them further, you know, the, their, their, their work with unity consciousness in believing that they can bring fields to actually assist humanity to assist supporting you know a more positive timeline for humanity to move along and they style themselves as a research community a spiritual research community where they they really look um, at that they put something in place they do the action and they measure it and they have a very scientific in that type of way process mm. in that they really study the effects of what they do and You're how to some discipline to it. exactly it, they do have a lot of discipline and a lot of um, growth of you know um, practices and technologies that I hadn't seen before um, and I became interested and eventually this led me to actually visiting them I went and lived over in the community for months to just going okay well you know I've heard about them mm. are, they, are they actually the real deal you know I, I like to go and feel the energy yeah, typically yeah. and and you know, again, when I went there, uh, I had, um, I, I came away with a big yes. I came away with, this is the next level that I'm looking for. This is um, a, a large group. You know, we're talking about thousands of people. You know, there are sort of 600 that live close in to the actual Demonher site, but they have many, you know, 18 or more communities around the world that, that work collectively in the same frame. And that it, it was, um, I found within them both really interesting blueprints for how to actually make a functioning community that has these higher principles of valuing diversity and freedom, so ways of governance that you know bring allowance, not control, mm. um, and there's so many levels. That they, it's hard to encapsulate you know, what is Demonher. Demonher is, is if, so if anything, things. like at the end of my visit, you know, I was meeting with one of the, the you know, leadership people there and they were asking me, okay, what's, what was your experience like? What would you say if you had to describe Demonher? And you know, my response was that, well, it's way more complex than I thought. There are so many aspects to it. As we often think, it's like simple yet complex, yeah. then simple and yeah. complex, infinite it's onion. Mostly because it held diversity. 
Yes. That's what made it complex because yes. there were so many things. You know, if you were interested in sustainable living and ecosystems, absolutely. You know, that's a, a big part of their their groups do all this work. If you were interested in you know high level esoterics, I want to study you know how to connect to the universe. Absolutely, they have this in it. You know, if you wanted to just study, okay, how do we have more health? How do we support our health systems? How do we you <coughs> know they have that? If you wanted to study. You know, how do I connect with the plants? How do I actually make more bridges of connection into the natural worlds and harmonise with the natural forces? Absolutely, you know, there was that. And it was such a diverse and interesting um, view into what could be the outcome of a spiritual community that simply wanted to grow its diversity and connection to all things and mm. allowed that to actually occur, but in a way that affected and helped the whole because they still had this sense that yet yeah, but we're all working together you know the ultimate aim to to improve evolution on this planet mm. and so yeah it, it was very interesting and I felt very aligned with my own personal direction of work and in it I it found a way comforting. Yeah. like oh wow yeah it's not Exactly, and to find many others that were, yeah, pursuing this, you know, this feeling, uh, which very much is uh, what you know the people that you meet with in Demerhe, and you go, okay, why, why were you drawn here? You know what? And hmm. so often people will say, it wasn't a mental thing. You know, in fact, you know, my life was actually going this direction. I didn't even, but then I hmm. met it, and I suddenly had this feeling that in my heart that actually, I need to be part of this. And uh, you know, and people talk about this sense of coming home to their purpose and all of these kind of things. But for me, it was like it was like the next thing I was looking for. It was like a chance to study these blueprints of how to evolve a community because this was something I was really interested in. You know, how do you evolve this building of bridges to create greater unity within a system where you live? Mm. And, uh, and and again, you know, I found many, uh, you know, a lot of information, philosophy and this kind of um, information and, you know, even in their, their use of rituals in connection with uh, nature cycles like solstices and equinoxes, again, they saw that, you know, ritual brings an important fabric of connection, both value between human to human, but also with nature and that through these you know, ritual and ceremony is a fabric that had diminished a lot within our culture, you know. Mm. Our rituals and ceremonies were sort of mostly, okay, weddings, birthdays and um, someone died. You know? <laughs> and that was kind of... Hutches, matches and dispatches. Yes, yes, you know. <laughs> and so we had, we had lost a lot of the ceremonies of, that were the, the general fabric. You know, if you look at, you know, indigenous life, typically their life was very much connected to the, the earth cycles and celebrating their connection and understanding, you know, we talk about this oneness, but understanding that they, they are part of it. You know, it's not us and the earth. You know, mm. we are the earth. You know, we are yeah. a sentient structure of the earth and we should be as much involved in these cycles as everything else here is. And, mm. and a way of bringing back going, yeah, we're all in this together. And, and I loved these, uh, yeah, these aspects, you know, this, this rhythm of ritual and ceremony. And um, within, uh, my children uh, have gone through the Steiner school system with the Waldorf education. And it was one of the things I really loved about that education because also, you know, within their school system, they have ceremonies every, you know, um, equinox and solstice. And so it was also, again, a natural part of 
our life. And so when I met it and went, wow, they really celebrated. Again, you know, they take it up a notch mm. like they do with most things and go, okay, I see the importance of mm. this and I see the importance of being able to bring back this moving and valuing the rhythms of life and the moving and valuing of each other. And has that helped to bump on your endeavours of creating a unified field space? Yes, absolutely. Here? Yes. In a, in, in a localised? In a localised area, because of course everything grows, you know, initially we grow it within ourselves, and then mm. you know, we, we can move out the field in that way. Yeah. Yes, because it led... Um, for, for you know, for the group that gathered, that going, yeah, we really like this idea too. So you know, there's a group of us that are all very interested in this spiritual community growth, etc. But in working together, um, and mostly when you're working with energetic systems, it's all about rhythm and repetition. You know, mm. it's it's like any practice. You know, if we want to move or grow something, we've got to practice the muscle of it so that yep. we, we get stronger connection. And so. It, certainly for the last couple of years, it's, it has led to a great awareness of the need to work consciously with all of the nature systems. So a bit like what you were saying, this with the exchange of, of breath, if you want to say, between the trees and the humans, that, okay, this is an interesting connection. You know, we are, breath is a, a prime mover of energy. We, we all understand, well, people, when they're wanting to you know, settle themselves or whatever, you know, any meditation practice typically starts with, okay, let's breathe deeply. Now we know that breath can change our state, can change our energy flow. And so breaths are a really interesting mover of consciousness. And so we, we came to understand that, ah, okay, our, our first step here, other than if we really want to unify consciousness, we actually have to unify all of the field, not just the people. Yes. So it was like, okay, well, we need to unify with, you know, the animals and the plants and the mm. energetic systems and the devic energies. And because if you actually want a unified field, we're unifying in the field of the consciousness of this planet. Mm. And so you have to consider all of the other expressions of Gaia's consciousness. Because, you know, face it, one of the, our body is an expression of the earth. It's, this is an earth body. Um, the same as the trees. They are a consciousness that holds an expression as a tree and has a particular function. Mm. And in our ability to actually um, come again, it's a bit like you know, inside we're saying, okay, we're awareness of all these different systems inside ourselves, and with the desire to maybe be able to bring them together. When we identify all of these consciousnesses around us, you know, from the animals, the trees, the nature spirits, etc., mm. and come with a desire to what can happen if we work together. Yes. And if we can actually come into a consciousness exchange, a unifying exchange, then again, you've got a bigger field of interconnected energies. You have things in your field that you're working with that have reached to things that you don't have. Yes. Because everyone's got its own vibrational yeah. thing that it can do. And, can, and, and so share. suddenly you're, you're creating, you know, in, in my mind, it's like you're creating an organism that's made up of, just like mm. within our bodies, we have lots of cells that do lots of bits that work together. If we take that same idea and go, all right, I'm a type of cell, a tree is a type of cell, you know, the, the energy body, like our aura, but here the aura in the planet is a type, has a function as well. And if we start to talk to all of these parts and get them to communicate together, what can be achieved? 
and uh, to me, I think evolution, because I think we, if we are, you know, back to where the conversation started, you know, if we are being impulsed for change, mm. then it's not just the humans that are being impulsed for change. It's this whole planet, mm. you know, it's its whole solar system is being impulsed for change. So it's best if we all join together in our effort so that we can support ourselves to collectively hold this impulse for change because then I believe each system has something to add into the whole that the other parts don't. You know, it's this digital puzzle, but it's at a bigger level. And the more we can have awareness and uh, respect and interchange, then uh, you know, we're stronger. We're, unity is strength. Mm. And more things come together, they support, strengthen, and bring other access to energies that previously you didn't have available to you because now they're sharing something that you didn't have and you're sharing something they didn't have. And so again, as you said, there's always something that then happens in between when two things share. A third something that is creation happens. Something is created that wasn't there before. And, and, and I think this is an exciting prospect. Mm. And it's something that, uh, yeah, the, I have found, uh, yeah, in working with Demon Her, they, they have already, they've taken this step a lot further ahead than where I was. And so I found it very exciting mm. to find a group where I could find this expansion into all of these territories that I was so interested in with ways and technologies of how to actually do that and achieve it for real in ways that have been documented, assessed, you know, it's not just a random ad hoc thing. They worked very systematically in how they um, come about it, which is why they style themselves as a spiritual research community. Yeah, this is not just um, a safe space to go and acknowledge something's going on. Yeah. It's, it's intentional. It's yeah. basically, it's, it's, another word would be an intentional community where you actually mm. hold intent for what you're trying to do. And, and you work systematically towards it. And really the intention is to support this evolutionary process, not just for humans, but for all of the planet, given that we're part of it. And to, to be part of the, the solution and not the problem, I do. Mm. 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 There's a lot of that's just sat very deeply in me. Yeah, yeah. Very deeply. But um, yeah, I have, it, it, it really affected me at a very deep heart level when I met Dem and her for real when I went there and actually experienced. And it was nothing, you know, while the knowledge and everything else was very interesting, the first thing that met me was the energy. And it went, oh, something in me is like, yes, I know this and this is definitely part of the, the thing in me that's been pushing me forward towards this whole concept of you know, unity consciousness, how do we grow and evolve? How do we support the rise of consciousness? You know, all of these things which have been catchphrases for, you know, a, a lot of period of my life. And you mentally get it. Yeah, exactly. But then you look but, out in the world and you're like, oh, yeah. it's not fucking happening. I know, I know. And then, you know, I met it for real. I met an actual living example of people that were doing it and had been doing it for more than 40 years and had grown it from, you know, 12 people to thousands. So, you know, it was definitely, it was working. Mm. And it's not like it's utopia. In fact, it's probably, you know, some of the Demonhurians, uh, their joke that's more like a war zone because you have to face yourself every day. You can't live that with so many people working so hard to actually do things without, you know, meeting all the aspects of dark night of the soul, etc. Because all those things, of course, for them also have to be transformed. Mm. They have to learn how to actually move past that and still desire to be group, still desire to actually serve this higher purpose. And, you know, it takes a lot of courage and action. And, you know, I, and I certainly respect 
uh, you know, what they've won so far and what mm. they're so willing to share because um, they've really come to a point where actually very similarly at the same time that I had that epiphany in the forest that, okay, there's got to be more, we need to connect to more, was actually a very similar time in Demonho where they said we have to share what we have. And they started in the time, in pretty well in the time that I first visited them was the time they had started a project called Demonho in the World. And so I just, I had a laugh that, wow, something more was moving. Mm. You know, when I sat in that forest, you know, it was like, okay, it was kind of like that beacon was out there going, okay, time for like-minded people to start to come together and, you know, work together. And uh, yeah, and it was also in them the same thing. They were like, okay, how do we share? How do we build bridges with more communities and, and bring what we've got to, to support others and, and also learn by what other people are doing as well. And so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting journey, but mm. that's, that's where I became interested. Just uh, for me, listening to you and feeling what you were saying, mm. you know, for me, deep down, there's been this almost like despondent, like, oh, fucking done with being separate and alone in the world. <laughs> yeah. I just want to hang out with and be in a space and feel an energy. Where it's like, oh, right, yeah. And we're actually going to go and do something. Yes. Not just circles are great, and talking about yes. stuff is great. And, but you and, need action. And and yep. but to then actually, you know, you can you can sit in a circle and feel like validated or listened to or made sense of the world and this that and the other. But then you get in your car and you go home, and it's like, oh, well, that's gone now. Yeah. And but yes. to actually hold intent and space for creating. Right, I'm going to create an energy space, and I'm just going be in that and then poof, things are going to happen. That's right. And actually bring action to it. And that's probably, you know, if you had two catchphrases of Demino, one was the diversity in, in unity and the other one is spirituality and action. Mm. Action is their fundamental that you, you have to actually embody it, build it, create it. Yeah. They have this whole understanding of that the growth of consciousness comes from divinizing matter. Yeah. And this means being able to bring our, our divine aspects and bring them into matter. A lot. So bring them into art, bring them into our music, bring them into how we work with the fabric of community. Mm. That when we allow our divinity to inform our actions in what we build and create, then the energy of our divinity is in those things. Mm. And then this creates a field of energy that it gradually you know, increases. And, and we can recognize this you know, sometimes you can go into spaces where people have, you know, obviously brought so much care and love into what they did in painting or whatever. Mm, you you walk into there and you go, whoa, I can whoa. feel this. Yeah. And uh, at Demonher, they have this amazing structure built inside a mountain called the, the Temples of Humankind. And it was built from that aspect. You walk inside there and inside mm. this, hollowed out inside this mountain yeah. are all of these big temple chambers, basically that each have a different sort of energy, but you walk through it and it's just palpable. And like when you do a, a tour over there, they, they take you on an initial tour and explain everything to it. But if you do a second one, it's in silence. And you, right. at, oh, because, you go and soak it up. Because they want you to actually experience how it feels because to them, that's what's changing you. When we're in the presence of higher fields of energy, then this, interacts with the energy of our own bodies and parts of ourself that have not yet activated or, mm. we, or where we have not achieved awareness of them, you know, given that we have all of these resonances within us, um, start to sing 
the song that's been emanated. So you've got these halls which hold incredible intention and consciousness encoded in art. So beautiful, like an, a, a feast for the soul for sure. Mm. Um, but beyond that, you can feel, you feel yourself in a way that I, it can only be experienced. Um, mm. For me, you know, some of them just brought me to tears where I just, particularly on the walk I did in silence, and I just stood there and I just felt it. And it's like, wow, okay, parts of me are just lighting up, vibrating. And, um, and, you know, and I had the strangest experience following that in that, you know, we talk about synchronicities as being, you know, these things that pop into our life. Mm. Now, in Demino, they have a joke about synchronicities. Which is? Which is, you know, that they live in an amplified field of synchronicity. And in fact, you know, even outside some of the, you know, the, the cafe stop and, you know, because the community spread over many, many kilometres, um, they actually have a signpost called Synchronic Lift. So if you want to go somewhere, you stand in front of this sign and someone will stop and take you there for sure. Within, And so there's no ringing for taxis or things like that. You trust and call in, mm. you know, where you need to go next. And and like I, I, I did this, you know, and sure enough, someone always stopped, pick up, okay, you know, where you need to go. And, you know, so, but synchronicities are where suddenly, you know, and we experience it ourselves and that we go, um, okay, I want this to happen or I want to attract this next person for my podcast or things like that. So this is using the field of manifestation and synchronicity, knowing that all of the construct is playing with you. What I found after the experience of the temples is that the degree of synchronicity in my life escalated to a laughable proportion where the, the most, the funniest things would, would just, you know, you just think about something and boom, like, whoa, okay, you know, that's really, of course, you know, the caution of that is beware what you think about. <laughs> but uh, I found it very, very interesting. And again, it's just, um, just another example that when more of our, our natural harmonic of our light body is um, buzzing with energy, then we hold a bigger field of attraction to lots of things because mm. you know, more things can, can come into our field. But that was, uh, that was a noticeable outcome of spending time in that temple is that so many parts of my field became activated that, yeah, I was just like, felt like I was on a walking attractor beam for whatever I wanted. <laughs> anyway, a funny thing. Wow. So, um, one of the last questions I ask, and you're gonna love this now, one of the last questions I always ask guests, and it sort of ties in with another question that was bobbing around in my head, which is if someone's been listening to this, um, and I'm like, resonating with what we've talked about. What can they do? Where can they go? Um, just to, just like, could, you know, you can sit and listen to this podcast mm. in the sanctity of your own yeah. head. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, and then suddenly go, oh wow, so there's people who really are holding space for. Mm. One of the questions I always ask at the end is, um, if you could upload um, a nugget of information mm. into the collective consciousness, so everyone just gets it. Mm. What would that be? I think the, the nugget for all of us is traversing this field with increasing um, acceptance, surrender, trust, 
because if we can, we look at the craziness that's happening around us and you've only got to, you know, catch a news channel or something and go, whoa, really? Whoa. No, we're probably sheltered in, in some degrees here in Perth um, from, from what many people in the world are experiencing. But, you know, something in me trusts. Trust that we live in a very intelligent construct. And many of my experiences have shown me this all the time, that there is so much more than you know, just ourselves um, at many levels. And it's very willing to communicate and, and assist. The navigation of it is with our positive thoughts. Mm. The more we can stay in a positive mindset, believing all is well, that it's all playing as it needs to be, trusting the process, uh, as much as possible, not going into fear or rejection or, or pushing away, but accepting what comes to us and going and being curious and going, wow, wonder why that's happened. What's, mm. it, what's it showing me? You know, and, and instead of moving into, oh, that's a bad thing, move into being interested and going, wow, that's interesting. Wonder why that's happened. And so it moves us into valuing what comes to us and. Mm gratitude for the opportunity to learn and grow rather than going, oh, now give another lesson. You know, it's like, wow, okay, here's, an, here's something else. I, I get an opportunity to play with my skills here and see what else I can grow. Mm. Um, and to increase this feeling of diversity inside yourself. So yeah, look at all these little new areas that are waking up and going, wow, I wonder what this part of me does. And so this natural curiosity, and I, I know people talk about you know, coming to the child, the child that has that ability to be in wonder mm. and go, wow, life's interesting, isn't it? You know, and that I think is a really useful way of navigating what's going down in this time of change. Remain positive, because thought creates. So you might as well have a positive experience. Be in gratitude and acceptance for what, what's happening, knowing it's okay. It's, it's all mm. part of how you need to do it. And, and ideally just loving life, you know, and that's kind of, uh, those I think are the key navigation points in a time of mush. Mm, mush. Yeah, this mush Love time. Because it. uh, it'll, it'll form up what we want and it'll join us together. And it, because, you know, you can't be in that type of thought without it bringing you to interconnection with others, because people will be attracted to you because they go, wow, I love your positiveness, I, you know, I, I want that. And uh, that very thing is the thing that builds the web of connection, which is where we're going. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, th those kind of things, I think. Navigation of these times, lots of, lots of acceptance, lots of trust, lots of all is well. Mm. Alison, I've thoroughly enjoyed today. <laughs> I've got, I personally have had so much out of it. Oh, thank you. If somebody wants, has been listening to this and wants to come and talk, find you, Yes. how do they go out? Uh, one of the ways, uh, if you Google Dem and Her Australia, yep. it'll take you to a website and there's contact details there. And if you're interested in any of the kind of interesting stuff that we're doing, we're doing plant consciousness and dreaming and all kinds of bits and pieces. Uh, and they, for people that are more interested in the philosophical studies that we're doing, we also have a group that studies together each week that um, they can join too. We, we zoom into people in Demona and have a good uh, uh, journey of uh, understanding the philosophical, 
the philosophical thought structures, etc. But yeah, damandheraustralia.org is the website and mm. they can contact me and uh, from there as well. Mm. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brie. Thank you.